So we've been telling you about Walters for brunch the last few days, but did you know that Walters also is open for lunch? Monday through Friday, Walters opens at noon for lunch, midday baseball watching, and even the occasional European soccer match. So if you find yourself around the ballpark during the day, make sure you walk on over to Walters. Walters Outdoor Deck is the perfect place to be with friends before, during, and after the game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's the set. The runners go. And a swing and a looper to shallow right. Racing in is Soto, and he's not going to get it. It dunks in for a hit. Heading to the plate, Rivas over to third as the throw in home gets away from Rivera. Breaking for the plate now is Hosmer. He will score and into second is Pham. And an ill-advised throw from Soto gets away. Two-run score, Padres lead 10-4. And welcome to Nats Chat for Monday, July 19, 2021. Part one, along with Nationals insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, it ends up being an unforgettable series for mainly reasons that were not good. We're going to deal with both games from Sunday over the next two episodes of the Nats Chat podcast. The focus of this podcast will be the 10-4 gunfire suspended loss that the Nationals suffered to the Padres at Nats Park in a game that, of course, started on Saturday night, ended up ending on Sunday afternoon. The happier chat will come in the next installment when we get into the 8-7 walk-off victory on Sunday afternoon. But this was essentially unprecedented, what we had here. The game being suspended in the middle of the sixth inning on Saturday night. So things are resumed, Mark, on Sunday afternoon at 105. It was eerie watching the game. What was it like being at Nats Park for the resumption of that game? Yeah, it was a little strange. I mean, I, I've covered resumptions of suspended games before, and those are always a little bit weird to begin with because it's usually a smaller crowd that, you know, people had tickets or they didn't have tickets for that particular game. You know, it, you're starting with a score already on the board. You have at oftentimes, like in this case, the visiting team taking the field first, which is always unusual. So I think the crowd was a little unsure of how to handle it at there at first. And they're already trailing 8-4. It became 10-4 quickly. And it just it just sort of felt like, let's get through this one and then let's move on to the real game that was planned for today. And so it, it did make for a strange environment, but maybe in a way that helped because by the time Max Scherzer took the mound at 3.05 for the nightcap, it felt like things were back to normal by then. So maybe, unfortunately, those last three and a half innings they had to complete gave everyone the time to sort of get accustomed to being in the park again, get comfortable with the surroundings and then just get through the rest of that game. Yeah, kind of like a warm-up act, uh, so to speak. And, you know, you're able to work the cobwebs out. 
We have come to learn a bit more about what happened on Saturday night. So the gunfire, of course, involving a series of gunshots fired on the 1500 block of South Capitol Street Southwest. Police now say that people in two cars exchange gunfire. We know that there were three victims. So that number has been revised. One victim, in fact, a woman attending the game. The other two victims, men involved in the gunfire. And probably the most unforgettable scene from Sunday was Davey Martinez prior to the resumption of the game. So this, I guess, would be late Sunday morning in a pregame press conference. I love this city. You know, it's, the city is my home. It can get crazy. We all know that. And we all want to feel safe. I can tell you that inside this ballpark, I feel safer than ever. I really do. Uh, we care about each other. Uh, we, don't, we don't want anybody getting hurt. So like I said, for me yesterday, I try to protect as many, many people as possible. And what he had to say to you guys and the way that he spoke to you guys. And look, we've seen Davey do this before, get emotional. He got emotional. And, you know, Davey, whatever you ever want to say about Davey Martinez, man, he comes off as really genuine and he comes off as a really good person. And, you know, among the tales that have emerged from Saturday night, Davey Martinez welcoming fans into his office at Nationals Park, which is like such a Davey thing to do. But listening to him speak, watching him get emotional, uh, what was it like seeing that? I wasn't surprised just knowing him and you kind of had a sense that he might get emotional as he was talking about it. And it's sadly not the first time he has needed to get emotional in the last couple of years because of various things that have happened. And in some respects, I felt bad for him that he as the manager shouldn't have to be the only non-player to speak about all this, that there should have been somebody else to do it. But in a, a lot of other ways, I think Davey is the best person for it because he has such humility. He is so genuine. There's nothing phony about what he says when he's up there. He truly feels what he is saying. And there may be no better representative for this organization right now than David Martinez. And that says a lot about him as a person and his character. He really struck the right tone in everything that he said. You know, it's funny the way you just answer that. It is kind of odd. Mike Rizzo didn't speak. Mike Rizzo has not spoken to you guys in months now. I know he does a weekly radio hit, so it's not like he's gone, you know, into being a complete recluse here. But why hasn't Rizzo spoken? Why didn't he speak on Sunday at all? I don't know the answer to that, except to say that he hasn't really been speaking at all <laughs> to us in quite a while. And for whatever reason, you know, they I think they tried to keep today as normal as possible, which is the manager speaks pregame. And nothing special about the way that that was done. It was a typical 11 a.m. manager's pregame press conference before a one o'clock game. It just so happened that the topics were going to be not about baseball in this case. And thankfully, Davey's comfortable with it. Thankfully, he's very good at it and he does speak well for the organization. But yeah, I did feel like whether it was Mike Rizzo or, or somebody else, just somebody in a non-baseball position, it did feel like maybe somebody else should have spoken to what occurred on Saturday night. Now, I think also they're looking at this and saying, this is an event that happened outside the ballpark. It didn't actually happen in the ballpark. And so I think there was a little bit of a calculated effort on their part to distance themselves somewhat from it. They made a point to thank everyone. They put out a couple of statements, but really it's been more about the response to it and less about what actually happened, which in their mind occurred, you know, not on their grounds. Yeah, well, and they're right about that. I mean, it's certainly not their fault. And, and I think all things considered, they handled it pretty well. I don't know. I mean, Rizzo, he's not just a general manager. He's the president of baseball operations. But, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe he wasn't sort of feeling the moment there to speak. Who, who the heck knows? One more thing on all of this. Uh, so in terms of the tickets, I, I know there was some complaining about this. So only people with tickets for game three 
were allowed into Nationals Park for the resumption of game two. That makes sense because you were going from one game to the next. So you couldn't usher everyone out and then welcome everyone back in. Do you think the Nats will do anything in terms of like free tickets to a future game or discounted tickets to a future game for those who had tickets on Saturday night? Or do you think people who had tickets and went to the game on Saturday night are just simply going to be out of luck here? So, yeah, I did hear from a lot of fans who weren't real happy with that news when I put it out there and felt like this was somehow the team taking advantage of the situation or something like that. And I can just tell you, this is pretty standard procedure for the resumption of a suspended game and what then ultimately became essentially a true doubleheader, a single admission doubleheader. There was not enough time between the games to clear the stands. This was not a a split day-night doubleheader, which does have two separate sets of tickets. They couldn't do that for this one. So it had to be one, and you had to do the ones who already held tickets for Saturday's game to make that possible. So I understand the frustration of some fans. I think everyone with the team has been scrambling since this happened, and I think they are trying to come up with ways to make it up to everyone. I have heard that there's been an email sent out to some people who had tickets to the games and saying that they can exchange them for another one later on. So that's good of them. We're talking about an unprecedented situation here. This wasn't a rain out. This wasn't a power failure. As much as we want to think they prepare for every contingency, this is really one they don't ever hope to have to deal with. I think in the end, they will do everyone right by it. But, you know, I hope people understand why logistically it just wasn't possible to let people back in who had tickets Saturday night because somebody else might have your seat. And how are you going to come in and take your seat when it's taken by someone else? There just really was no way to make that happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nats Chat is sponsored by Silver Branch Brewing Company, located in downtown Silver Spring, only a one-minute walk from the Silver Spring Metro Station. Silver Branch is a perfect jumping-off point to Metro down to the game. Park at the Cameron Street parking lot and meet up with friends for a beer and a bite to eat before metroing down. You can also get Silver Branch beer at Nationals Park. 
Beyond the Gnome World, one of Silver Branch's four flagship beers, is available at District Drafts at Section 223. Brewed to be light and refreshing, Beyond the Gnome World won a gold medal for the Saison beer style at the Great American Beer Festival last year. Beyond the Gnome World is deliciously dry and thirst-quenching and the perfect beer for hot summertime ball games. You may not be familiar with Saison, but take our word for it, baseball season is the perfect season for Saison, and buying from District Drafts to support your local breweries is a gnome run. Go to Section 223 and try Beyond the Gnome World the next time that you're at Nats Park, and make sure you stop by Silver Branch, located in Metro Plaza, just steps from the Silver Spring Metro. Silver Branch Brewing Company, when you come in, let them know that the Nats Chat Podcast sent you. Corbin fires. Swing a line drive, lash to left. This one's headed for the corner, extra bases, and will clear the bases. Machado scores. Myers behind him. The throw to second is too late. And Ha-Sung Kim has a two-run double, and the Padres lead it 5-1. to one. On to the baseball. So the biggest item from this game started on Saturday night, ended on Sunday, to me, is Patrick Corbin. And this is not getting better. In fact, you could very much argue things are getting worse with this guy. And this is like the worst possible time. I mean, Mark, it's hard to script the Nats starting pitching as being much worse than it ended up being over the first two games of this series. You know, all-star break, fresh bullpen, you come out of the break. Eric Fetty is atrocious in game one. And then Corbin really isn't that much better in game two. And it's like we keep waiting on him to get better, and it's just not happening. And watching him pitch as he pitched in this game, it was just maddening to me to see And I know he's not going anywhere in terms of the rotation. Like, they're not pulling him or anything like that. But he ends up giving up six runs in five and a third innings. He gives up 10 hits, three doubles, and seven singles. He issues four walks, three of which were leadoff walks, which you just want to pull your hair out watching those things. And he records just three strikeouts. He's now 18 starts into his season. He has an ERA of 566. I know we've had the Corbin conversation many times. But, like, we keep saying, well, he's not this bad, is he? But he keeps being bad. And he was bad again in this game. Yeah, and this extends over two years now. And I looked up the numbers, combining last season and this season. ERA is 509. That's third worst among all qualifying starting pitchers in the majors. The whip is 1.472, second highest among all qualifying starters. So this is not just a blip. This is essentially a full season's worth of starts that he's now made the last two seasons. And the issue is he can't put away hitters. He can get to two strikes, and he's just not able to put them away. In that game Saturday night, he did not get one swing and miss off his fastball. They were only on sliders. And if he doesn't have the ability to do that, I don't know how you can be successful in this league. There were at-bats that he would be up 0-2, and he ends up walking him. We've seen this happen before. Two strikes can't strike a guy out. He's supposed to be a strikeout pitcher. That's what he was at the end of his time in Arizona and certainly his first year with the Nationals. He is not a strikeout pitcher right now. He's trying to win with weak contact, and it's not happening, and his pitch count gets driven up. He's walking batters. The at-bats get extended. He doesn't have the ability to put away hitters, and I don't know what the answer is except to say they have to figure something out because if he's not hurt, he's got to keep taking the mound every fifth day, and it's not like they have, at the moment, better alternatives. I don't know what the answer is, but we're going to keep seeing him pitch until he figures it out. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like they have no choice but to keep throwing him out there, but it's not getting better. Like, he's not improving. And, you know, I remember joking with you coming into the season how I kept hearing about last season, well, it's a pandemic. Uh, you know, yeah, Corbin was bad. It was a pandemic. No, it wasn't the pandemic. Uh, there's a little more to it than just COVID-19, the shortened season, in terms of why Corbin struggled last year and in many ways has been worse so far this year. And I don't know, man, it's a mystery. I mean, at least with Steven Strasburg, you could say, well, he's hurt. With this guy, it doesn't seem to be that he's hurt. As far as we know, there's not like an off-the-field thing that he's been dealing with that has somehow, you know, dropped his level of performance. He's not that old. It's very peculiar. Like, normally you can kind of pinpoint where a guy is going wrong or why he's struggling. We know the things that he needs to do better on the mound. He's just not doing them. He looks like a shell of the guy who we saw, and not just in 2019, but in the years prior to that, and after this season, you still have three years left on this contract. That was a six-year, $140 million deal. Now, I mentioned Strasburg. This was kind of the double whammy on Saturday. And this, I feel like, has gotten totally buried with the events of the weekend, and understandably so. But it turns out that Steven Strasburg has suffered a setback. I mean, this was some weekend for the Nats in terms of developments and news. But Davey, in his pregame presser on Saturday, which feels like about, you know, five years ago now, revealed that Strasburg felt discomfort in his neck after throwing a simulated game at Oracle Park in San Francisco on July 9th. Remember, Strasburg is on that 10-day injured list with a neck strain. He's been on that since June 2nd. It's his second 10-day IL stint of the season. And, you know, we thought, well, Strasburg's on the men. Maybe by the end of the month, he's back in the rotation. Maybe sooner, who knows? He suffered a setback. I mean, Mark, he may not pitch again this season. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Well, I understand the concern there. What I was told later on from someone was that, well, it's not good. It's not that bad. And it's more a matter now of just trying to figure out what can they do to get him so that he's feeling a little more right, that he's not really seriously hurt. And he didn't like feel one acute injury take place. It's just more that the day after he threw that simulated game, the neck just still didn't quite feel right. And they don't want to put him out there until he does feel right. So I think it, it delays his return somewhat. I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not sure anybody truly knows, but I didn't get the sense off the record from talking to people that they thought this was evidence of you know him being done for the year or anything like that. But I'm glad you brought it up because I had completely forgotten about it. Like you said, so much has happened since then. And that, for all we know, could end up being the most significant development of the entire weekend. We've been talking about they've got to get a, a healthy rotation together. And once they finally have that, then they can start making some of these decisions they need to with John Lester and maybe Patrick Corbin. But until that happens and until Joe Ross is back and he's not ready to come back quite yet either, he's still dealing with something in his elbow. They have no choice but to include both Corbin and Lester and Paolo Espino in your rotation. And for a team that desperately needs to flip a switch here and turn it back on, they've got to get great starting pitching, and they have not gotten anything close to great starting pitching for a while now. We've talked about with Strasburg's health, what exactly is the root cause of all these ailments that he's been dealing with this season, even you know going back to like, well, I guess this season, right? Because last season it was, it was a, a hand-nerve issue. Have they figured out exactly what the root cause of the problems has been, or is this still a mystery with Strasburg? You know, I think it's something in his neck, and they've called it nerve irritation. He had something similar three years ago in 2018, and he came back from it, and obviously in 2019 was great. This may be one of those things that he just has and isn't going to go away, and he has to learn how to pitch with it. And I think one of the keys they keep talking about is getting his mechanics straight, and that when his mechanics are right, then maybe that helps ease the discomfort that he feels in there and allows him to pitch better. I was also told that his velocity was up 
in the bullpen sessions and in the simulated game, up to even 94. So that's good. It's just a matter of now him feeling comfortable enough and healthy enough to actually take the mound and then start to build his arm back up. And, you know, we'll see. The next week could be pretty telling. If he is able to get on a mound again, start it up again, then that's good. If he can't, then it's going to be a while. Yeah, I just don't know how you count on him at this point this season. Hopefully we see him pitch again. Hopefully he's great at some point this season, but clearly that hasn't been the case. Corbin and Strasburg on the year have combined for minus 1.2 wins above replacement for baseball reference. That, in a nutshell, you could argue is the downfall of the Nats so far this year, that Strasburg and Corbin have combined for a negative war beyond just minus one war on the year. All right, well, this was a gloomy installment of the Nats Chat Podcast, but we had to deal with these things that went down. Up next is part two of our two-part extravaganza for this Monday, and it is a much happier item, a walk-off victory for the Nats to avoid a sweep to the San Diego Padres. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. There go the runners, the pitch, swung on him, the air to center field deep. Grisham racing back, it's over his head, and it is gone! Zim, career homer number 280. And the Nats are right back in it. It's 5-4 Padres as Zim puts three on the board with one big swing. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.